Hello, and welcome to the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast, the show that brings you a conversation about Jesus, the Bible, and life. Here is your host, Royce Bottoms. Hey, I want to welcome all of you to Jesus and a Cup of Joe. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend it with me, I hope and pray. You're having a fantastic day. you got your great cup of Joe, and you're ready to go. So, preparing for this episode today, I'm going to be honest, I got stuck at a crossroads. I got stuck at a crossroads because there was one part of me that wants to talk about my cup running over, and then there's another part of me that wants to talk about I am nobody. And so if it will please the Lord, what I'm attempting to do today is to bring both of these to you guys in this episode, and I hope and pray that the Lord will bless it, and he will make it to where you understand um, the two trains of thoughts that I'm working with. Because when we look at the phrase, my cup runneth over, it's a King James version, okay? There's other versions that says my cup overflows, a cup that runs over when it cannot hold all that's being poured into it. So when we look at Psalms 23, Five, it says, I prepare a table before, sorry, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And so the abundance of this, of having your cup overflowing is a spiritual sense. It's not a physical sense. It's not like your cups in your cabinets or the glasses that you drink out of. This is a vessel and the vessel is you. Okay, and I've I've said this in a previous episode when I was talking about the living waters, and I will touch on some of that today. But the emphasis is having the excessive love, the blessing, and the power of God to have the desires poured out onto all of those who love him. Jesus reflects God's generosity when he says, A thief will only come and steal and destroy. I came to where you would have life and have it more abundantly. Paul continues this theme in Ephesians when he describes God as one who is able to do all that we ask or could imagine. Romans in the book of Romans, Romans 8:37 it promises that more than conquer through him who loves us. The message echoes in each passage that God's excessive grace and provision for every area in our lives, he is not stingy, nor is his blessings confined to temporal things. In Christ, we have all the overflowing joy, the overflowing love and peace that we could even imagine. So when we bear the everlasting fruit from God's kingdom, we're overcome with impossible challenges when the Holy Spirit fills our heart with our cup that runs over. There's no other way that I can explain this to you. I mean, even if we truly back up and look at it, at Psalms 23, 1 through 6, familiar scripture says, Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me into the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for he is with me. The rod and staff, they shall come for me. He prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely and mercy and goodness 
should follow me all the days of my life as I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That scripture, Psalms 23, 1 through 6, is something that humanity can never be satisfied with because they are truly looking for more. They're looking for things that they don't understand, nor can they even wrap their heads around. But we as followers of Christ, we as Christians, we understand what it is to have our cup runneth over. We understand what it means when we've prayed and, and God showers us with his blessings. And we are filled. We're excited. We're pumped up. We're ready to go. But there are dried cups out there, unfortunately. Jeremiah 2, 13, it says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountains of living water. And out of them and out of their cisterns, they are broke and they can hold no water. All right. People can have the wealth of the world. They can have the perfect health and they can have the perfect fame. They can have everything that they want, but they're still not happy because they're missing something. We chase the things of the world because we're looking to fill a spot that we can never fill. The only way that that spot in your heart can be filled is with Jesus. It is with Jesus. But unfortunately, there's even cups that Christians can run dry in in this area because it's sad to see because they start off and then something bad happens. And then they start blaming Christ or they blame the church or they blame this person or that person for them drying up. All right. When there's no faith, the cup runs dry. Okay. If you look at Hebrews 11, 6, but without faith, it's impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he will reward all of them who's diligently seeking him. Psalm 16, 11, it says, thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence of fullness of joy. And at the right hand, there is pleasure evermore. I know I'm reading out of the King James Version when I'm sharing these scriptures with you, but I'm also a firm believer, even though I do like the New Living Translation because it's easier to understand, I do believe there is some importance with the King James Version with the older English because it drives the point home. So where am I going with this? What is it that I'm trying to say with this cup that overflows? It's like this. We all know what kind of times we live in today. We know where we're at today. We know how the world is treating us. If we're not truly seeking God, we're not truly listening to the word, and we're truly not living the way God wants us to, our cups will run dry. One, one uh, episode I did uh, a couple of years ago was talking about the living waters which I read out of Jeremiah, but it's also found in the four gospels where Jesus is telling them that he is the living waters. He is the fountain of life. He is everything that we need. So when our cups are dry or overflowing, maybe our view of God can be narrowed by the poor theologies or the unbelief, possibly because we've become dry and we've removed our cup from the fountain of life. Or we've taken credit for the blessings in our life. Therefore, we're trying to rob the glory from God. All Christians should be able to sing the songs with David that my cup runneth over. So there is something wrong when we cannot. 
it is very likely that seeking fulfillment from the wrong sources will make us feel dry in our hearts. And at the root of all of this is the lack of faith or the dedication toward God. Do we see this today? That's the question I'm going to ask. Do we see this today? Do you have full faith and dedication to God? Or are you half-stepping? As I've said many times on this show, on this podcast, you cannot be on the fence with this. You, you cannot be halfway in, halfway out. You can't dip a toe in the water and expect to have the, the both the best world. Because here's the thing. The things of this world will go away. It is in the scriptures. It's been proven. It's going to wilter and go away. But everything of God, by God, and for God will never go away. Let us not seek satisfaction in the ways of this world, but instead turn to the Lord and trust him to give us what we need. All right, Matthew 6, 31 through 33, it says, Therefore, take no thought in saying, What shall I eat? What shall I drink? Where shall I, where should I be clothed? For all these things is what the Gentiles seek, what the people who don't know Christ seeks. For your heavenly father knows all of these things. And he knows that you must first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness for all these things to be added to you. So that is the cup running over. That is the cup being full. So what does that tie in about I am nobody? Well, think about it. Let's let's look at what it all means. Okay. We've all heard the, the casting crown song, Nobody. We've all heard them use the examples, and I'm going to touch on that today with uh, Moses, with David, with the disciples, with all of this. I want to bring this to you guys today because I want you to understand what I'm about to say. All right. So if we look at Exodus 4, 8, and I'm going to go to about the uh, 17th verse. I know it'll be a little bit of reading, but bear with me. It says, and the Lord said, they do not believe you or pay attention to the first signs that they believe in the second. But if they do not believe in these signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile, pour it onto dry ground, and the water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent neither in the past or nor since I have spoken as your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord said to him, who gave human beings mouths? Who made them deaf or mute? Who gives you sight and, and makes you blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go and I will speak. I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. This is something I want you to pay attention to on verse 13. And Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send somebody else. Verse 14, then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you. And he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and teach what you need to do. So here we are with Moses. Moses did not want to go and speak. He couldn't speak. He didn't feel like he was 
eloquent enough to speak. But God kept telling him, he says, look, I'll tell you what to say. I'll put the words in your mouth. And then he kept on and on until finally said, the, God said, fine, Here's your, here comes your brother. Use him. Tell him what I tell you, you tell him and he will speak it for you. So here was somebody who considered themselves a nobody. But we all know what Moses did. He led the children out of Egypt. He led the children out of bondage with God's help because God heard his children cry out for help. If we look at 1 Samuel, all right, 17. All right, this is familiar scripture. This is David and Goliath. This is the battle, the big battle. Here's poor little old David, a nobody, a little shepherd boy who's been out tending flock. And here's Goliath, which is pounding around, who is hurting the Israel army. Nobody would go up against him. And here comes little old David. All right, we pick up at verse 45 where David said to the Philistines, you come against me with a sword and spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the Lord, in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the army of Israel, whom you have defiled. On this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give your carcass to the Philistine army and to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God of Israel. All right. And so when we jump to 48, it says, as the Philistine moves closer to attacking, David quickly, uh, he ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag, he took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead and he fell to the ground. So David, a nobody. David, a little shepherd boy who was out tending flock who was not large enough or, or big enough to wear the armor that King Saul gave him. And he says, I don't need any of that. All I need is what I need, which is my slingshot and my stones. And he struck down a giant. And they, over, they overtook the Philistine army. So God used a child in Exodus with Moses to deliver his people out of bondage in Egypt. Then he uses a little shepherd's boy named David to defeat a giant, then who would one day become the king of Israel because they all started off as nobody, because nobody paid attention to Moses. Not after Moses fled Egypt. And he was out living on his own with his family. Nobody cared about him. Nobody knew about him. And here was little old David. Nobody cared about David because he was out. He's just a little shepherd boy out there tending flock. Who cares about him? Right? But he goes a lot deeper than that. All right? So you want to talk about nobody that became instrumental in the scriptures? Let's look at Matthew 10, 1, when it says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of death, or I'm sorry, disease and illness. And this was uh, Simon, who was known as Peter, Andrew, which was Peter's brother, the James, which was the son of Zebedee, John, who was James's brother, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, 
Matthew, who was a tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thytus, Simon the Zealot, and Scarlet, uh, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. And I already did an episode, but I'm going to go back and touch on this for a minute because I think I got enough time to do this, all right? Let's look at it this way. Peter was a hothead. Andrew didn't get the credit that he truly deserved because it's always been labeled as Peter's brother, all right? Then you got James and John. You got Philip and you got Bartholomew. You got Doubting Thomas. Here's Matthew. Matthew was a Jew that collected taxes for the Romans from his own people, so he was hated from both sides, all right? But Jesus sent out the 12 disciples with these instructions. Do not go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons. Give as freely as you receive. Wow. That right there. Twelve nobodies who helped launch the churches of today. Twelve nobodies after Jesus went to the cross, came back and, and ascended to heaven. These 12, well, 11, because Judas ended up killing himself but because of the betrayal of Jesus. But these 11 turned around and became instrumental in starting churches all throughout the world and spreading the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. If that doesn't excite you, if that doesn't get you pumped up, I don't know what else will. Even when we look over into Matthew, I'm sorry, Luke 6, and we go down to the 12th verse, it says, In these days, uh, it came to pass in these days when he went to the mountain and prayed and continued all night to prayer to God. Who was it? That was Jesus. And when it was day, he, he called unto him the disciples. Of them, he chose 12. And we all know those names. Okay. So he came back and he called the 12. He called the 12. So to look at this, to bring all of this together, it's like this. You may think you're nobody, but in the eyes of God, you are somebody. You're somebody special. Your cup may be dry. You have may have dust in your cup because you have found unfortunate ground to be disconnected from God as a follower of Christ. But I'm here, I'm telling you this today, that you have the opportunity, the opportunity of a lifetime to get your cup flowing again with the true living water of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you may think you're nobody, but you are somebody. You are somebody special because you are a child of God. We live in terrible times. We live in times that are rough financially, politically, socially. All the climates that you could think of, there is turmoil in our world because the devil is out here in his playground. But you can take refuge in knowing this today, that God loves you. He loved you so much. He sent his only son to the cross for you and I before he you were even in existence before you were even born. God said, Jesus, this is what I need you to do. And Jesus went to the cross. I believe in my heart of hearts as I am sitting here today behind a microphone. I believe that Jesus knew 
every one of us that he was going to the cross for. He knew Royce 2,000 plus years before Royce would even get on this earth. He knew what Royce was going to do. And he says, I'm going to go to the cross for you. Just like the Sallys, the Thomases, the Henrys, you name them. You think of a person in your mind that knows the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. I guarantee you the Lord already had them in their, in his thoughts and in his heart. And that's why he laid his heart down or his life down because of his heart. He laid his life down because of his love for us. So this is what I want you to take away from this today. I want you to take away this, that if your cup is dry, you have an opportunity to have your cup flowing again with the living water of Jesus by coming back and reestablishing a relationship. And if you feel like you wake up sometimes and you feel like you're nobody and you have you don't matter in this world. In this world, you don't matter. But in the eyes of God, you do. And as long as we are living by the word and we're following the word, we're reading it and we're sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world, then we're doing exactly what Jesus wanted us to do. And that is to go out into to hell the world about him. All right. We're going to be persecuted in his namesake. Jesus told him that. He said, the world's going to hate you because they hated me first. And that is true today. But I'm telling you, as I'm sitting here today, I'm telling you this. God loves you. Jesus loves you. You have the opportunity of a lifetime. So if there's something going on in your life, there's something happening in your life and you think, oh, it can't get even worse or, oh, it can't get even better. I'm here to tell you it can get better and it can get better because of a man named Jesus. So as I get ready to wrap this up, my whole prayer and my desire is this. If you need Jesus, please make it today. Please come and know the Lord and Savior today. And if you are sitting there listening to this or driving down the road or however you listen to podcasts and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, man, my cup, I don't remember the last time I was filled with joy. I don't remember the last time that my cup was full. I feel like I'm missing out on things. I, I'm Nobody cares about me because I'm nobody. I'm just over in the shadows. I'm here to tell you to stop that today. Stop that today because you have the Lord Jesus on your side. You have everything that you need, all right? He loves us, and he wants to be with us, all right? So thank you all so much for taking time to listen to me today here at Jesus in the Cup of Joe. Only thing I ask is subscribe, follow, and share. Subscribe to our podcast. Subscribe to our uh, pages. Follow us on our social media pages and share us with friends and family, all right? If you go to JesusInTheCupOfJoe.com, you can find all the latest episodes, um, I've done some rearranging on the website, so you may have found that it's changed a little bit. We are bringing the blog page back, but the blog page is going to be under a new name. It's called Dad's Toolbox. Um, right now, that is being hosted by Wix, but I'm going to move it over to our main uh, website. For the simple fact is, I believe it's very important to uh, share different thoughts and different uh, blog pages with you guys. Because we all have a daddy and we all understood the importance of daddy's toolbox because daddy's toolbox could fix everything, could it not? If there was something broke in our lives as we were kids, we could always take it to daddy. Daddy would go to his toolbox and man, he would fix it. 
But guess what? Let's look at that on a spiritual side because we have a heavenly father who has a toolbox and that toolbox is called the Holy Bible and it can fix whatever your problem is. So I created this. Like I said, right now it's it's over being hosted by Wix, but I'm working on getting that. So if you want to subscribe to that, by all means do. Um, but thank you so much. And as I get ready to wrap up, it's real simple. You always start your day with Jesus and a cup of joe. God bless.